Have you been stuck in your house all day while a virus infects people around the world? Are you so bored that you have resorted to listening to random podcasts? Well, then you're in luck. Hi, I'm Jake, and I'm here with my good friend and roommate of two years, Rahul. Say hi, Rahul. Hey! Similar to most of the world, we were bored in self-quarantine, but we're trying to make something of it with this podcast. So join us in our wacky conversations as we try our best to entertain ourselves and all you lovely people out there. And with that, uh, how you doing, bud? I am doing pretty good on this Thursday afternoon. Yeah, we uh, recorded our first episode on Friday, but we decided to switch it up and do it on Thursday. Yes. Also, it's been some time since we recorded. Yeah, we said it would be weekly, but we didn't follow through on that. <laughs> it's been like it's been almost, it's almost monthly at this point. We're we're new to the business, okay? Just we're still figuring it out. We don't even have like a total intro yet. That was just me repeating the one that we'd used last week, just to take hey. you behind the scenes. Listen, as according to news outlets. This pandemic's lasting at least until June, so we're good for another month and a half. Okay, so one and a half more episodes. Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> nah, we'll talk more, maybe. Yeah, yeah. But um, anyway, last time we did like an intro about ourselves and school and how we met and whatnot. So I figured we could dive in a little bit more into... Uh, jobs because this past week I've been hired for my uh, third and final co-op. Hey, congratulations. Good stuff. We explained the co-op program in, in the past episode, so feel free to listen to that. But in case you don't want to for whatever reason, or you just need a recap, co-op program is basically like uh six month internship yep but it's more involved because it's six months long obviously and you usually work with a company or big organization it's not like you're just uh like a research assistant for a professor or anything i mean in some cases you are but you have the opportunity to work at like a real place in a real position so. Yeah, and like I'd say 95, 97, it's a really high percentage of co-ops um, have like had co-ops in the past or have had like internships set up. So like Drexel's pretty well known for their co-op program. So it's not like you're just going up to a random like um, company and being like, hey, can I work here for six months? Like it's a well-established program. Right. So Rahul and I have already been on two co-ops and we're in our third one now. Rahul hasn't started his yet because of the pandemic. But when do you start, bud? So I've been told tentatively I start May 1st. Tentatively. They said they will come back to me with an update no later than April 20th. So in a couple of days. Oh, boy. How exciting. I imagine they're going to say... Actually, you know what? I don't know what, I'm gonna, what they're going to say because I've talked to some of my other friends and they saw two, two of them have already, it's actually an even split. Two of them have already started. They're, they started the beginning of this week. Okay. And then the other two have been told June 1st. So okay. it's a quite a, quite a big scale. It's either the middle of April or June. 
and the whole month of May is in the middle. So I, I don't know what, what's going to happen. Who knows? But anyway... Uh, you were hired! Congrats! I was hired. I got a position. Uh, incidentally, mine does happen to be as a research assistant for a professor, but it's it's more than just a research assistant, I would say. That's just the position title. Um, but basically, Rahul doesn't know any of anything about this either. So I do not. I'm explaining it to him and the audience together. But I was hired by a professor at Drexel University into a growing organization of his. It's a very new organization, and it's like still being built from the ground up. So I'm part of this startup organization. And the overarching goal, I would say, is to learn about this pandemic through the lens of a what they call a peace engineer. Oh, dang. Which is someone who tries to build peace through positive, peaceful interactions. Oh, peace as in P-E-A-C-E. Peace as in we come in peace. Ah, yes. yes. Not in we come in pieces. Correct. Very different. I hope you don't come in pieces. Now we come together. We're full. And it's interesting because... They want to take a look at, like, all different aspects of this uh, pandemic and try to learn about it and then, and, like, try to understand why there are positive, peaceful interactions and try to apply it to after the pandemic. So, for example, uh, it was a peaceful or a positive peaceful interaction was described as uh, I'm not sure if you've heard, but in the in New York City at seven o'clock they have like a minute of people going outside and banging pots and pans together and cheering uh, as showing support for the health workers and people in hospitals. That is awesome. So that's an example, and we want to try to understand why that's happening. And if we can continue things like that after the pandemic. Hmm. Yeah, shout out to all the healthcare workers right now or anyone whose families are healthcare workers, just anyone who's really helping support the community or is an essential worker. We thank you. We do. Because without you, this thing would be a whole lot worse. Absolutely. And also, you're basically putting your lives at risk. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's good stuff. So, um, so like, how are you measuring that data or like what work are you going to be doing? Do you know? Right. So as I said, it's really new and still getting built from the ground up basically. Gotcha. But my, the professor that I was hired by, he is working with people at Stanford (laughs) university and he's also working with people in uh, a place called Hague, which is just outside of Amsterdam, I believe, or the Netherlands. Oh, okay. So he's working uh, with those people, and he's slowly building networks around the world. I think he currently has like 80 volunteers from around the world that he's working with. All right. And now he's just brought in about 20 
co-ops, including me. Nice. So all of us together are he uh we're like splitting off into projects to tackle different areas. So I was recently assigned the project known as business engagement. Okay. And trying to understand the business and economic side of this pandemic, which isn't necessarily my forte as a biomedical engineer who's never <laughs> taken a business class out of his four years in college. Ah, but, but apparently all the other cops are engineers, so we kind of don't know what we're doing together. Okay. So I'm working with one other co-op and I'm working with one person from the Hague area. She's like our uh, supervisor. Gotcha. And currently we are just trying to do desk research and like start small and just look at small businesses and entrepreneur opportunities that have arisen or have changed because of the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. So we're trying to understand how many businesses are changing their products or how many nonprofit organizations have grown since the start of the pandemic and things like that. It's a lot. Yeah, it it it's, definitely sounds involved. Yeah, it is huge. Um and I also made a survey, a a Google Forms survey that we hope to send out to uh, businesses that we can reach out to. But yeah, I worked on this survey with Mr. Lieberstein. Ah, the great Mr. Lieberstein. It's, uh, it's pretty cool. It's a nice little survey. Nice. So we hope to collect data that way. But so yeah, our, so there's like the overall project and then, there's our little sub-project of business, which is what I'm working on. Gotcha, gotcha. So, like, are you split up into, like, are there other teams of other um, sections, I guess? Like, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Like, you said there's yeah. 20 cars, but, like, so is everyone assigned their own, like, little role or group? Yeah, there's a bunch of little groups. Gotcha. That have, that are made up of, like, two to four co-op students. Mm-hmm. A supervisor from Stanford or from the Hague, and then we're also trying to integrate the eighty volunteers into these groups as well, which they're still working on. But they, uh, these eighty volunteers are all over the world, so they can really provide us with larger connections and connect us to other networks. Mm. But yeah, it's a lot. Also, we we have like five different paths of communication, and it's very, oh. it's a bit messy. Well, what, what what are the five? Uh, I'm in a Google Drive group. Mm-hmm. I'm in a Teams group. Oh no! I'm part of an email chain. Yes. I'm part of 
a WhatsApp group, multiple WhatsApp groups, actually. Oh, jeez. And <laughs> it's it's a bit, it's a bit of a mess. It is. But they're trying to consolidate it, and yeah, starting something from scratch like this is very difficult. Yes, because everyone has their own idea of how it should look, and then yeah, yeah. Especially, I I think that's like something I want to touch on a bit. Like, I feel like communication has almost gotten harder because we have so many more options. Mm. Like, in a sense, like before, like I feel like I'm not saying back in the day, but back in my day, we used pigeons and paper. I mean, like, our parents' generation, like, I feel like, you know, for them, it was always just either an email or, like, um, an email or, like, a phone call, right? That's how they primarily communicated. I don't think they even had email during my parents' childhoods. Oh, I, I don't mean, like, childhoods. I mean, like, where we're at, like, young adult work life. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Whereas now, you know, like you were just mentioning, we have so many different platforms. Like we have Skype, which we're using now. There's Teams, there's Discord, there's WhatsApp. There's like so many different ways to communicate and everyone has their own like preferred method. So like that's how you end up with like six different mediums of communication. And then you're like, where is this information? Yeah, it's it's both good and bad because like you have so many options to pick from. But then again, if you're working with a large group, everyone has their preferences for <laughs> an option. Or you can be like me, where I'm just like, go with the flow and just go ahead with what anyone chooses. What do you like? What's your personal, what's your personal choice? <laughs> I don't even know if I have a preference. I guess uh, email. I'm just a good old-fashioned email right. kind of guy. I am a... Uh... Out of out of all of the platforms, I think Discord is my favorite right now. Okay. Because you can so Discord is basically oh geez. I don't want to plug Discord here. I don't know what it is, but basically <laughs> you can talk to people or like through text. You can oh you can have voice calls or video calls. Um you can upload files easily. Um it's really nice for um computer science kids because you can format code in discord as well and just overall it's like pretty it encompasses everything you would want to have pretty easily hmm. i mean skype seems pretty inclusive yeah skype's pretty great too like chat function and video chat and whatnot um yeah my co-op we also use zoom a lot as does everyone nowadays apparently yeah, Zoom, like, blew up, I feel like. I don't understand why I or think, how. I think it was because the creator of Zoom made it free for all the university kids. Mm. And, like, free to universities, or at least the free version, which yeah. I was like, whoa, this is amazing. People do like the word free. But, yeah, Zoom has definitely exploded everywhere not just with university students but now like my dad and his work are used in zoom we're using zoom to communicate with our family it's it's everywhere but yeah good good uh glad you got a co-op finally yeah it was uh it, it really sucked that you couldn't uh 
study abroad. I know. Yeah, I was planning to, I was supposed to go to Israel for my third and final co-op. Which would have been amazing. And it was going, it was supposed to start, uh, actually supposed to start this weekend. <laughs> nice. I was, to, I was about to, I was uh, supposed to fly to Israel this Saturday evening. But uh, yeah, that got canceled because of this little <laughs> little known thing known as COVID nineteen. So uh, yeah, I didn't have anything like that. Got canceled back in March. Yeah, March, yeah, March twentieth or something around that. Yeah, time. we were we were still at school when that happened. Yeah, so I had nothing. I had no direction. Looking for some sort of co op position. And then, yeah, I got an email from my co-op advisor who talked about in her email about this position with this Drexel professor. And I was like, yeah, sure, I'll check it out. And then he had a Zoom call with me and all the other co-ops that were interested. And he was basically like, hey, it's an open invitation. If you want to join, just let me know. And I was like, oh, I have nothing to do with my free time. I'll join you. <laughs> and he was nice. like, yeah, yeah, great, sure. And now we're here. Now, question. Is this yes. a paid internship? Ooh, tough question. It's not a tough question, not because it's a tough answer. Tough question because the answer's no. Ah, rats. <laughs> yeah, but I'm uh, living at home, so I don't necessarily need money. Yeah. I also think I'm going to be getting a stimulus check from the government that everyone's getting. Oh, really? If you're 18 or older or something like that. Oh, well, um, did you say you're unemployed? Um, I mean, I'm technically unemployed. Yeah, I I didn't know how it works. I was like, should I apply? I'm pretty sure you're eligible for it. Hmm. No, no. Look this up. You should probably check that out. I should I should probably check this out. Um So yeah. That's my job. <laughs> How's your co-op? Oh wait. Ah nah. rats. You'll you'll do something eventually. Yeah, hopefully. yeah. And not just I mean they haven't they haven't canceled my co-op, which is really good. Like a lot of internships have been canceled. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah. So I am thankful that it has not been canceled. Especially since it's your last one. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah. Man, there's our last co-op. Yeah, I know. It's um, it's kind of crazy. I mean, that like, you know, for so long we've been like, oh, you know, Drexel's five years. It takes forever. Like, like we don't have to worry about like post-college stuff at all. And now like, you know, I mean... I mean, at least in my eyes, this certainly, like, sped things up a little bit because we're like, oh, crap, you know? Mm-hmm. September, we're going to go back to school, then it's nine months, and then we're right up, right into the real world. Oh, yeah, we're going into our last year of college. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's a thing. And, you know, um, we've been... I, I, uh, quick, uh, we can mention our roommate by name, right? We can mention him by name. First name. First name. Yeah, yeah. Uh, talking to Ted... Uh, about senior design and senior year, just it goes by really fast. Like he kept saying how fast it went by for him. Yeah, 
So like, we're just gonna fly through, and then we're out the gate. Wow. So I guess yeah. I don't know if you thought about it at all, but what are your post grad plans? Um. Well, immediately after graduation, I'm gonna get a tattoo. Oh, okay. But that's like immediate post grad plans. I'm gonna get a tattoo of an artificial heart on that my heart. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. I've been planning that for a while. Nice. But my older sister is getting that for me as a graduate present. Awesome. Because she knows about tattoos. I know nothing. <laughs> but uh, in all seriousness, I'm probably going to get a job for a year or two. No idea where. All right, all right. Um, I would like it to either be in Philadelphia or in New York. Hey, you but know me. I live in Philadelphia. I know you. I do know you. So probably work for a year or two, make some money, and then go to back to school for a master's degree in prosthetics nice. and orthopedics. Nice. Yes. Now, those schools are very limited and oh. go all over the country. Gotcha. And I don't think there's one in, in Pennsylvania. I see. What are some of the ones you know of or that you're think, looking at? Uh, I could probably pull up a list real quick. But I do know there's like a there's like a special list oh. that that your school that a college has to join if they want to be part of this prosthetics and orthotics major. The real list. Yeah, the National Commission on Orthotic on Orthotic and Prosthetic Education. Jeez. That's what it's called. Yeah, it's big big deal. Um, let's see. Let's see. Oh, Northwestern has one, which oh, okay. is a really good school. Uh. What do we got? We got Georgia Institute of Technology, University of Washington, University of Texas, University of Hartford, Alabama State University, University of Pittsburgh, Concordia University, and Eastern Michigan University. Mm. And of those, do you have a topic? Probably Northwestern. University yeah. of Pittsburgh is also pretty good, from what I've been told. Yes, yes, it is. My uh, my high school's friend's brother goes to Pitt, and he's he said it's pretty great. Yeah, but that's after I make some money for a year or two because yeah. my parents will not be helping me pay for my master's degree. So that's, it's all on me. That's fair. That's fair. It is fair. So I might also have to take out a loan, even with working for a year or two. But we'll see. Yeah. Or, uh, I mean, hmm, how long does it take to complete a master's program? It's normally like 
two years, I think. Yeah, it depends on the program, but for masters in prosthetics and orthopedics, it's about two years, and then you do a residency. So gotcha. you work in a hospital with a prosthesist or orthopedic surgeon for, I think it's for a year. And is uh, is that, that like going? Is the master's is that going to school for full time or just part time? I believe it's like full time classes. Gotcha, gotcha. The works. Interesting. Yeah, but I'm very excited for when that happens. I'm not going to say if it happens because I think it's going to happen, but it's a bit far down the line. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, I feel like I'm in a similar situation per se, graduate and uh, try to get a job um, somewhere in the, I mean, we'll see who offers me a job where, right? But probably in Pennsylvania, probably in the Philadelphia area, or at least Mm -hmm. drivable in like, I don't know, uh, like, I think, I think I'd be willing to do like. 30 to 40 minutes of commute. After that, it gets a little ridiculous. Sure. So, like, nearby there, because, like, I've grown up in the area, so, like, all my friends and my family and my grandparents are, like, still in the area. Right. Um, yeah, work at the company I'm at for, like, a year, year, well, at least two, at least a year, probably more likely two, and then go back to school to get my master's. And honestly, I think I might get my master's in computer science from Drexel because of both my previous co-ops, I've my managers did that exact thing and they worked out pretty well for them. All right. All right. Sounds good. Yeah, my, my first manager at Amatech, that was where I did my first co-op, he got his, uh, he got his master's in computer science two years ago. And then my... My manager from my last co-op at ECFMG is completing his uh, software engineering master's currently. All right. So it's worked out pretty well. Sounds like a good plan. Yeah. And then, yeah, long term, I'd like to be a prosthesist. So work with patients and attach prosthetic devices to them. Because prosthetics are awesome. Prosthetics are awesome. And then, I don't know what you want to do long term. Do you have like um, a specific job in mind? I'm very specific. Yes, you are. I don't know if I uh, have a specific job in mind, per se. So, like, according to Drexel. Um, so, like, at Drexel, for computer science, you get to pick from a bunch of different tracks, it's called. So, like... Uh, the way the best way of explaining it is like computer science is like a tree, and then the different tracks are like different branches of the tree to become more specialized. Right. right. So the ones I chose was artificial intelligence, which is like robots and machine learning and like algorithms to make the computer like learn things on its own, and uh, human computing interaction, which is like uh, UX UI design, which is like how Things are laid out, like what makes it appealing to users, how it's easier for users to interact with your product and or web page or website, things like that. Okay. So those are two I chose. Um, jobs per se, 
Uh, artificial intelligence is still really, really new in like the field. Um, and it's, it's hard to embrace such a new technology. Like it's a lot of R and D right now. Mm -hmm. Um, so I always tell like, uh, interviews I go on, like I'm interested in artificial intelligence, but I understand that like, it's very cutting edge stuff. So like not everyone's going to give it to like, not even everyone, no one's going to give it to like the co-op or like the junior developer that just joined. So Long term, it's something I'm interested in working on, but right now I'm just still picking up the tools of the trade per se. Gotcha. gotcha. But development, software development in some sort of role is where what I'd like to do. All right. Sounds good. And um, I don't think I mentioned. Maybe I mentioned on the last episode. I don't know, but my co-op is supposed to be at Vanguard. Yes, Vanguard. Cool name. Yes. And do you know what you're doing there? I do not. They on the went to interview with them. They said they're uh, they're so big that um, like they're just gonna say that like it's like a general i. They're just gonna put me in the general like IT role. Like I'm signed up for an IT co-op because like new projects are always popping up all the time. So we don't know what team you're gonna be working on or what project. But basically, they're like. You'll come, what they explained was, like, you'll come to Vanguard on your first day, and, like, for the first couple weeks, you'll, like, explore the different teams, and, like, you might be rotated through the different projects and see what you like and see what you're good at, and then you can talk with your co-op manager and be, like, placed accordingly, or, like, hey, can I work on this, or can I work on that? Interesting. Which is pretty nice, in a sense. Yeah, I'd say that's a pretty good way to go about things at least for a co-op yep kind of dip your toe in a bunch of different pools go fishing throw your bait out see what catches have you been fishing i have been fishing i have never been fishing actually that's a lie i've been fishing once wow lying to the audience already Uh, episode two man Wow. Okay. I see how it is. But I've been fishing, I think, twice or three times with my camp. Uh, when I was little, I went to a day camp yeah. uh, near my house, and they had fishing as one of the trips. So, yeah. It was... I remember enjoying it, but I don't think I ever caught anything. And it was also really disgusting putting on the bait because they used live bait. So, ah. Yeah. That that wasn't the most pleasant of experiences. Wait, how old were you? I must have been maybe eight or nine. Yeah, I think I was like 10 when I went. I remember it was like, like fifth or sixth grade. Yeah, that sounds about right. But I have... I can say that I've had the experience of fishing. Don't know if I would want to do it again. I would like to try hunting one time. Oh, really? But I don't want to hunt, like, deer or anything. I want it to be, like, some annoying... Wanted criminals. (laughs) Or wanted criminals. Um, But more... I was thinking more, like, annoying birds, like pigeons or goose. (laughs) 
I mean, you're in New York, buddy. I, I think you win if you're hunting pigeons. Right. I don't. I don't know if you're actually allowed to hunt pigeons. At least not pigeons that are flying around the city. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I can get really dangerous really fast. It might be a little dangerous carrying a hunting rifle around the city streets, <laughs> scoping oh, down a pigeon. Yeah. I think, yeah, that might scare some people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> people might be a little ex- yeah, there's just like, there's just like some, like, like a little kid, like, look, mom, you want to feed the pigeons? And then, bam, <laughs> sniper rifle, like, three blocks down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jeez. They look down the block, they see the glint of the scope from the sniper <laughs> rifle. She's like, like, get down. Yeah, that'd be really bad. I don't recommend doing that to anyone who's watching. Don't don't do it. Don't do it, listeners. Yeah. It's actually not even a recommendation. It's kind of an order. I don't know if I have the authority, but don't do that. But I forgot what we were talking about. Oh, Um, oh, yeah. (laughs) Ah, yes. Back to the main topic of jobs. No, but um, one thing I am thankful for, for Drexel, I will say, on the topic of jobs and coughs, is that we have gone through so many interviews Yes. to prepare. It's true. Um, I don't remember what we talked about um, in our last interview, but basically, to get a co-op, you go into the Drexel Steinbright Resource Center, SCDC. There's like a, there's a website, webpage, I guess. There's a Drexel webpage that would like list like all the co-ops uh, ever, and then you can filter by like major and region, and like job description and a couple of other filters, and from there you can apply to certain co-ops and submit your resume to them. Then the companies that want to interview you will reach out, and then you go on interviews with them. Yep. Um, per in my personal experience, I generally apply to about uh, on average like seventeen. And then I hear back from, on average, like, eight. And that's... And that's pretty good. That's yeah, that's, good. That's, that's, that's good. I will say that number does not hold true for everyone, because uh, there's a lot of people who say they want uh, kids from the College of Computing Informatics, even though the job description has nothing to do with them. And... Um, my first um, freshman year, my first round of um, interviews, I applied to like 17 and I only got one interview result, one interview offer. So I did much better my second and third time around. Right. So my first cop was interesting because I went through, there are three rounds and I went through all three. And then at the end of the last round, my co-op advisor found a offer outside of the, like, the Drexel system. And I took it, and it was awesome. So, yeah. It's not always the best job that you'll find in the very beginning. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, just like with most things, it's what you make of what you have, right? 
that's that too. That's what I will say. And you're you're a pretty positive guy. You're you're pretty good at making the best of things. I would say. I I would agree. Why? Thank you, my friend. Yeah, like the way I see it is like, you know, like you can you can make the most of what you have, or you can at your co-op, or you can be like, oh man, for six months I'm just gonna sit here and do nothing because I don't like this job. Right. And it's unfortunate, but like I do know people on from previous co-ops and just from stories that people are like, yeah, I just sit and get paid and don't do anything. It's like, well, I mean, you know, you're wasting your experience. Yeah. Yeah. Now there are some cases where like this one in a pandemic where it's kind of hard to make the most of anything. <laughs> that That is very true. <laughs> but no, you do have to, you can't just sit around and wait for good experiences to come to you. Yes. You, know? you have to put in the effort. But hopefully, the effort is fun to put in. Yeah. Or interesting or exciting. In and some like, way. you know, learning new things. If at the end of the day you hate it and you're like, this was terrible, why did I ever learn this? At least you can go, okay, I never want to do this again. Yep. Very true. I mean, also, I feel like you can find bad aspects of bad aspects of any job or opportunity you have but as long as the good outweighs the bad you know yeah just go with it or try to fix the bad but i let's see my first co-op that i got was at a residential home in the philly area called Inglis House. Inglis House. Inglis House. And I got to work with uh, wheelchair-bound people or residents who had varying uh, mental and physical disabilities, and it was amazing. I really enjoy working with people, so that was fun. I worked in a computer lab, so I was basically a, a computer scientist. Yep, yep. Jake would, uh, Jake would actually come <laughs> home and help me with my projects. Totally, absolutely. Jake, I, I can't code this. Can you, can you help me out? Yep. Be like, I got it. Very true. <laughs> Helping a resident find Google Chrome on a computer is much harder than coding. I guarantee it. <laughs> <laughs> depends on the resident you know honestly yes. depends on the resident and depends on the computer oh also true but yeah i did work in a computer lab and assisted the residents with anything really computer related but they never did coding fortunately <laughs> could you imagine i mean like a bunch of like senior citizens just like come on why is why is this array index out of bounds? I don't understand. You're like, wait, what is happening? I don't know what array index is. You're going to have to slow down, <laughs> and then maybe I can help you. What are they teaching you in school these days? That'd be, that'd be pretty awesome. There were a few, not with coding, but there were a few very talented uh, residents that came up and used things like Microsoft Paint. Oh, and, okay. Um. 
use Microsoft Excel mm. to do projects. So I was I was thoroughly surprised. These people definitely learned how to make the most of certain things. Definitely. Yeah, it's it's actually kind of crazy the amount of things you can actually do in Excel. Like if you like sit down and like have the time to like learn. So so okay. So I'm taking over your story, Jake. I'm taking over your story. Fair enough. All right. So my first job was uh, after I graduated high school at this company called FHS Financial Health Services for my friend's mom, and basically like. They're like, do you know Excel? And as any person does, they're like, yeah, I know Excel. And they're like, oh, cool. Like we were looking for like some young um, like college or high school kid to like help us like with pivot tables and things like that. Like, do you think you could uh, understand that kind of stuff and like learn that kind of stuff? I'm like, absolutely. <laughs> Let me tell you, I had no idea what I was doing at first, but like I took the weekend just to like learn about Excel and pivot tables and like the different like shortcuts you can do and different like um, charts and data you can sort and organize really quickly. And like in a weekend I was, I learned a lot. So if you ever need to pick up a, like a talent for a job, like all like unspecified uh, Excel is definitely something that will come in handy, I would say. And now is the perfect time <laughs> to learn. Yeah. Cause you're not doing anything at home. Hooray. Besides listen to this. Oh, of course, of course. But you can learn Excel while listening to this. We won't mind. Yes, just put us on in the background. Yeah, background noise. You know, as people do with podcasts and YouTube videos. But that's that's kind of the point of them, maybe. To learn (laughs) something or... I don't know, what what is the point of a podcast? We're getting really introspective here. What is the point of a podcast? Anyway... (laughs) my second call was at design science and you actually know about design science i do know about design science because you were a subject i was all right before before the viewers think i've had some experiments done on me why don't you share a little bit about design science (laughs) yeah they, they actually they do user user let's see usability testing yes Usability testing. So they have they work primarily with medical devices, and they have people. Uh, depending on the medical device, uh, they could have doctors come in. They could have uh, students come in. They can have young children come in. But they have these people test the uh, use of this medical device. They give them like a situation that they're in. They give them the device and they say, use it how you would uh, in this scenario, just to learn about the pros and cons of the device, how the user feels about the device. And people do that. Lots of businesses do this with their products. Um, Even like video games have usability testing. Computers have usability testing. All kinds of uh, things where you can find usability testing and it's all under the umbrella of the term human factors which is important for any engineer or product designer all about how humans interact with whatever 
you're making. So, yeah, that's what I meant when Rahul was a subject. <laughs> yeah, I did uh, I did partake in a study, and it was pretty cool. Yeah. You can't was, tell uh, it. You can't say anything about it, though. I, I cannot. I signed, signed something. Thing. I signed a thing. You signed I don't think it was an NDA, per se, but I definitely signed a, a, not a confidentiality agreement of some kind. Yeah. But if you ever want to make some quick money... Uh, and you're in the Philly area, design science, look it up. It's pretty cool. I would recommend. It is cool. And then, Bud, what did you do for your second co-op? Oh, I don't think I mentioned my first. I'll go in order. Oh. Oh, right. Uh, you just mentioned your job after or during high school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my first co-op was at a company called Amatech Power and Data Systems. Um, so like I said, like I went through the applying to the, to the co-ops and the only company that wanted to interview uh, little old me as a freshman was Amatech. And I was like, well, I'm going to kill this interview. And I kind of did kill this interview. They were very impressed with me and they offered me a job. So I was like, okay, I have one job offer. I am going to take this job offer. So <clears throat> went to work for Amatech and it was a very interesting first co-op experience, I will say. So, Amatech, if you don't know anything about them, they are a manufacturing company of uh, um, big parts for, like, um, government contract stuff. So, like, they make parts for planes, for tanks, for helicopters, stuff like that. Basically, think Lockheed and Martin, and I'm pretty sure Amatech is, big, uh, is Lockheed and Martin's biggest competitor. That's how I like explaining it to people because people, every it seems like everyone knows Lockheed Martin. Yeah. Um. So I was working with their software development team to basically assist the engineers in create in writing the software for all of the um different pieces of equipment they were making, and it was it was an okay co-op. I learned a lot about like the real world and like what like I'd like like business professionalism and like how to get things done and like meetings and all that but like from a learning standpoint I didn't learn a whole lot unfortunately because the way it was structured it was like the software team uh the engineers came first above the software team for everything so like if ever we wanted to test our code or get out into the lab for lab time to test, it was like, oh, you can't. The engineers are working on something. Right. So it wasn't the greatest experience, but I made a lot of friends and a lot of great connections. Yeah. You learned just not exactly your major. Right, right. But yeah. it, was, it, was, it was good. For a first co-op experience, it was good. My next co-op, though, was a lot better. Yeah. I worked at ECFMG which I will shorten all the time because the full name is the Educational Commission for Foreign Medi Medical Graduates, which is a mouthful. But basically what they do is any foreign medical student or doctor that works outside the U.S. that wants to come practice in the U.S., they help them get their papers and everything set up over here, and they work with the uh, National Board of Medical Examiners, NBME, to get them tested and make sure they are fit for their job. 
And what I was doing per se for them was I was kind of a split role. I was a developer who worked um, on their database to make sure like all their personal information, their PII, personal, oh God, my coworkers would kill me for not knowing this, personal identifiable information, I think it is. Um, PII was in compliance with GDPR regulation. You don't need to know this. Listeners are probably, <laughs> they don't need to know this. I don't even need to know this. What you are you don't talking even need about? To and I also worked with the security team. So I got a hand in uh, some security stuff, which was pretty cool. Ooh. Fancy. Yes. I've learned nothing is secure. Go back to paper and pencil. I like that idea. Is <laughs> <laughs> essentially what I learned. Go back but, to my day where we used pigeons and paper. Yeah, and uh, they were a nonprofit, uh, so they were a little smaller in size, but it was awesome. I had a wonderful co-op experience. Yeah. So, yes. all in all, co-op's great. Co-op is definitely great. More schools should do it. Absolutely. Yeah. Because it, it gives you an insight of what the real world is like for your major. Because what's portrayed in class for your major is leaps and bo- bounds uh, beyond what it actually is like. Yeah, totally yeah. different. Totally different. Teachers have no idea what they're talking about. I mean... <laughs> it's like they have uh, no real world experience. What the heck? You don't know nothing. Nah, teachers, teachers know a lot. Just, yes. it's hard to apply the real world in a classroom setting. Absolutely. So it's a nice balance when you have this co-op. Yeah, and like literally it's an even balance of like six months of school, six months of co-op. Yeah. I mean, it sucks that like, you know, the timings don't match up with other universities. Like we start school in the middle of like the almost the end of September and then like we end school, what, uh... May? May? June? 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 I think it's June. Well, we're coming back from classes in May. Right. Yeah, wait. When did we... Well, March, it, March, March, actually. It depends if we're talking about during a co-op year. Yeah. Or, uh, freshman slash senior year. Co-op. Have a co-op. Yeah. Co-op year, it's March. Senior year, it's June. And freshman year. Also depends if you're a fall winter cycle. Oh, that's or also spring true. summer. <laughs> Drexel's so weird, man. That's complicated. Yeah. Oh man. But just no. have, don't worry about it unless you go to Drexel. Okay. <laughs> if you have no idea what I'm talking about, just skip this part of the podcast. That's all you need to yeah. do. Just like fast forward or just focus on learning Excel at this point. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, I am excited for the outside world beyond Drexel. Beyond yeah. college? Nice. I'm excited, yeah. That's good to hear. Yeah, I don't like college. Oh, oh <laughs> nah. man. I I just like working a lot more than classes. That's yeah, understood, understood. The The college experience itself is amazing. Yeah, the only thing I'm like, yeah, the only thing I'm worried about, like, post-college is, like, you know, things might get a little monotonous, I feel like, in a sense. 
Okay. Because, like, suddenly, like, you know, when you're in school, like, yeah, you're in, like, you're in classes, but, like, you know, you're also, you're, like, you're with your friends all the time, you're in a whole bunch of clubs. It's a lot easier to, like, connect with people, I guess. Whereas, like, I feel like, you know, once you graduate, your, like, work kind of becomes the center of your world, per se. Like, I'm not saying you can't join clubs and have friends post-college, um, but, like, it's, it's easier and it's more uh, conducive in a college setting. I hear what you're saying. Um, yeah, college definitely facilitates hanging out with friends more than the real world, I think. The real world doesn't want you to have friends. That's what we're saying. You heard <laughs> yes. it here first. You heard it here first. Spread the word. Tell your friends. Sorry. Once I get into the real world, you're a goner. <laughs> <laughs> nah. And the other thing is, like, you know, after college, like, everyone goes their own ways. So, like, all your friends, like, they might not be in the air. Like, like you. You might be going back to New York, my friend. It's true. Yeah. I mean, I do have my New York friends, but, you know, I wouldn't, I won't necessarily have the same interactions with you and my Drexel friends as I do now. Well, right. you know, when there's not a pandemic. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. Everything we say, just put an asterisk next to it. and then Yeah, like, this is what we think during the pandemic. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I think that about does it for this pandemic podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, still, we don't have a name yet. We still don't have... Still don't have a name. But right. we do have an email. Oh, yes, we do have an email. Good plug-in. Good plug, yes. The email is Rahul and Jake. At gmail.com. That's R A H U L A N D J A K E at gmail.com. Yeah, no uppercases, no spaces. Just Rahul and Jake at gmail.com. So feel free to email us with questions, comments, possible future topics to talk about, death threats. You know, we'll, we'll accept them all. We are very accepting. Pictures of you sniping pigeons in the city. Oh, pictures of your dog. Cool. If you have a dog, we are dog uh, people. Or cat, you know. Gotta branch out. Okay, okay. Cat we'll accept pictures. pictures of any animal. Okay, sure. Let's get all-inclusive. Yes. And, uh, oh yeah, and uh, name for our podcast if you want. Yes. We'll say, we'll consider the first three ideas. Okay, sounds good. But that'll do it for this episode. Um, until the next time, uh, be, be healthy. Be safe, everyone. Yeah, be healthy, be safe, and enjoy some quality family time. See you, bud. Bye-bye.